So the title of today's message and today's message is titled Holy Spirit Vision. And the main passage that I'm going to be reading from, it's from um, the New International Version. And the passage that I'm going to be focusing on, there's two main ones. One's the Bible passage that is going to hit home. And then there's another Bible story that I'm going to be referring to. So the, the, the main hitting home Bible passage is found in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this is what it says. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, to be honest with you, if you asked me what that passage meant last year, I would be able, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to share that with you in celebration. I'd celebrate with you, I'd share with you in uncertainty, but now Knowing that I have been crucified in Christ and it's no longer I who live, but the power of the Spirit of God who lives in me, that is such a freeing concept. And there's one particular topic that I'm wanting to talk about that I would say has held me in captivity and held me in bondage for quite some time. But now because of this passage, because of um, my experience and my relationship with Jesus Christ that I feel has gone to a brand new level, I'm now celebrating freedom in Christ and the topic that I'm wanting to talk to you about is repentance. Um, now, before we go any further, we're going to look and look uh, look at a story. Now, the story is who I am. <laughs> so, last year when we were doing winding down the week with bees, if anyone remembers, the main topic or the main story we looked at was the prodigal son. The reason why is because I can relate to that story so much because I was the kid that left and came back. We're going to read the story now. And so for those of you who might not know the story, it give, it, it, we're going to be exploring this one. So this story is found in Luke chapter 15, verse, and we're going to specifically look at verses 11 to 24. Because the original story has two sons, but we're not going to be talking about the second son or the older brother today. We're actually going to talk about the experience of bees, or also known as the prodigal son. So let's read. So this is found in Luke chapter 11, no, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the, the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, all he had set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth with wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he lost everything. And when I'm talking about everything, everything, um, there was no insurance. There was no backup plan. He wasted everything. After he had spent everything, yep, he began to be in need. So verse 15, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. So he became, he was once um, at a position of status and wealth when he was living at home to the point where he's now a slave or a servant who's feeding pigs in the pig pen. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's men or hired servants um, have food to spare, but here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. 
So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, he saw his father, or he, sorry, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. A bit taken aback by this experience, the son still continues to go on and follows the script that he, he originally or initially wanted to say to his father. So he says in verse 21, the son says to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, before he gets the chance to say, make me like one of your hired men, he's, uh, in verse 22, it says, But the father says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and stand, sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Why? For this son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you with the original, going back to this original concept of repentance. Now, when I think of repentance, and if you look up repentance or Google it or something, there's three main concepts or ideas when you break down repentance and what it means in its definition. And so I'll let you know. So repent is from the Greek root word matanueo. I'm going to give you a second now to try and pronounce that word. Matanueo. Like having like four vowels. It really makes... Anyway. <laughs> Basically, it means to completely change one's paradigm, to admit error and accept truth. So basically changing, some, changing your mind, admitting error and accepting truth. So the, through the context of the story of the prodigal son... I'm wanting you to explore, under, um, trying to yeah, explore with me, where do you think repentance took place? So if it's changing your mind, accepting truth and admitting fault, sorry, changing your mind, admitting error and accepting truth, where does that take place? I used to think it was found in verse 17. And basically what it said was, what verse 17 says, when he came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I'm starving to death. I will sit back and go back to my father and say to him, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. So from verse 17 to, 20, to verse 20, I thought that's where repentance took place. Why? Because he, he changed his mind. He said when he came to his senses. And then it says, um, he admitted fault. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then it was, so there was, sorry, the changing of mind, admitting error and accepting truth. So I'm no longer worthy to be called your son because of the sin that I committed, because I wasted anything. So it checks out according to that definition. But the thing is, when you look at the, the story of the son, when repentance takes place, how does he then position himself in regards to, the, to his father? And if we were going to apply the same concept of us approaching God, how do we approach and how do we position ourselves towards our heavenly father? If we were going to go and take that mindset in regards to repentance. When I used to do it, I'll be honest with you. When I used to repent and seek forgiveness for my sins, I was saturated in unworthiness. I was, I was saturated in guilt. 
Why? Because all I was think, thinking of was how what I committed, the mistakes that I made, how unworthy I was, and who was I to try and go back to my heavenly father. And it felt like I was right. If the only way that I can go back to my heavenly father is to work, well, then that's what I'll do. But I will never consider myself to ever feel loved again by my heavenly father. And it's funny. And I'll be honest with you here. All I could, because I couldn't see myself or I couldn't see past the mistakes that I'd made. I could only see myself through the lens of the sins that I had committed. So if I was going to look, and though I believe, yep, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And through His grace, it says in John 17, For God did not condemn the world, but to save it, right? To save the world through His Son. For me, I was truly believing of that. But the thing that stopped me was when it came to repentance, I was riddled with guilt. I was riddled with unworthiness. I was, it was like constantly looking at my Heavenly Father, seeing the grace that he was, He's willing to bestow upon me only through the lens of comparing myself to how much sin that I committed. So the more, I, the more grace I, I saw from my Heavenly Father, the more I saw how wretched I was and how saturated in this unworthiness that I felt. And to be honest, when I positioned myself that way, it wasn't a great feeling. It wasn't a great experience. And I wasn't surprised when I thought, heard words like repentance. I'd be like, oh, you know, because I would always position myself through this unworthiness, guilt-ridden, um, wretched person that I was coming and groveling back to my heavenly father. And unfortunately for me, I, I stayed in that situation. I stayed in that position. But I want to give hope. This message is a message of hope. Repentance is actually an experience of hope and it's an experience of love. So potentially when we see repentance through that lens, through the lens of comparison, through the lens of only seeing God's grace through our unworthiness and only seeing God's grace through our, um, the sins that we committed and the, uh, the mistakes that we made, I would, I would encourage you to think that maybe that, that, that the mindset of repentance may be unfinished. Or maybe not full, maybe not whole. And so, and I want to tell you that that's exactly right. It's not finished. Though it makes sense, though it's, you know, changing mind, admitting fault and accepting truth. There's an, a secret, not even a secret, it shouldn't be a secret. There's a missing element that I think is paramount for our experience with Jesus Christ. It's paramount and critical to our experience with God as as we position ourselves in light of the Heavenly Father. And what I mean by this is, let's fill it out in the biblical context when we look at repentance through the biblical context. And it says this, it's still the same. To repent is from the Greek root word matanueo, right? So now, by now we can, we can say that word perfectly, matanueo. It means to completely change one's paradigm. It's to admit error and accept truth. In the biblical context, it means to accept the viewpoint of God about the world, Jesus, and oneself, and act accordingly. There's a major difference now. It's being willing to look, out, look at ourselves through the lens of God. It's the ability or the willingness to look at ourselves through the lens of our Heavenly Father. So it's to accept the viewpoint of God about ourselves. Basically, to see, It basically means to see ourselves the way that God sees us. So the question that I have for you is, 
if we were the prodigal son, how do you think God saw us? How do you think God sees us? How do you think God sees us right now? Now, um, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I just want to let you know, for those of you who don't really know me, or they should know me by now, um, from last year and through the journey of winding down the week with bees, I think a lot of you would know that I'm married. I've been married this year. I've been married 10 years, 10 beautiful, yeah, 10 beautiful years. I'm going to say beautiful so much. 10 beautiful years to a beautiful wife. Praise God, right? It's been a beautiful experience. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Me and Karen, we, uh, that, and for those of you who've been watching, you know, my streams, daily devotions and, you know, winding down the week with bees, you know that my wife's name is Karen, but her name is also Karen, aka Kazdog. That's her streamer name, <laughs> aka Wifey, aka Babe. Um, you know, guys like uh, Warden would notice, Bullet Attracker would notice, you know, River, LOLO, he would, they would notice as well that they know Karen, right? But for those of you who don't know, you know, me and Karen, we get along um, on a lot of things. Like we have a lot of things in common, but there are also a couple of things that we don't have in common. So during our wedding, or, or sorry, during our marriage, it was encouraged to us by our, because um, we go to therapy, like marriage enrichment and relationship therapy. It was encouraged to, um, it, our therapist encouraged us to find things that we, we have in common and, and do those things. Like, you know, not just date, not just go and have a once a month or once a week, um, you know, date, but like do ongoing things that we both enjoy. That's where it kind of went, oh, me and Karen really don't enjoy the same things. Like she's a foodie. I love to eat food, but mine are more about quantity, <laughs> not quality. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, when we, go, when we go away to vacation or on holiday, uh, she likes uh, going to like museums and going to, like when she went to Europe, I'll give you an example. When she went to Europe, uh, one of the things that she went and spent a whole day traveling to do was, you know, find out where they found, like in Italy, find out where they went to go and make balsamic vinegar. And also when they went to make, I think, a, a certain type of cheese. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to Italy to go and like go into the vineyards or wherever they went, spent a whole day, spent all that money. Talk about balsamic vinegar. I don't even like balsamic vinegar to begin with, let alone to go all the way across the world to go, nah. See, and so there are some things that we don't have in common, right? So uh, like we were encouraged to find something that we're, we have in common. And Karen loves playing video games. Like, and I don't know if this is, um, I'm stepping on, you know, uh, a place of contention. But if you play mobile games on your mobile, you're a gamer. She hates to admit that because she plays mobile games all the time. But she doesn't want to admit that she's a gamer. Like she plays like all of those like overcooked style games on the mobile. I play video games as well. So, but there, to find a thing that we had in common, uh, she knew that I loved Dungeons and Dragons. A massive D&D fan. You know, last, I think it was earlier, like either Waymaker Week or last year, like, you know, I was invited to play, you know, an online Dungeons and Dragon on God, God's Court Church. And I wanted her to get into it, but she... It's not that she doesn't like Dungeons and Dragons. She just thinks it takes way too long and she gets bored really easily. But there was a game that we were able to play together and the game's called Divinity Original Sin. And basically what that game is, it's Dungeons and Dragons in game format. So it's like turn-based games. And, so, and it has all of the concepts of Dungeons and Dragons. Like you develop your own character, you know, you have dialogue with NPCs and other people and other main characters in the game. And 
it's very strategic. It's not um, like you can use the world around you to help with the battles and it, you have to, it's like initiative. So it's, it was a perfect game for us to play together. And we've been, we, yeah, we've, it's not an addiction, but we've really enjoyed it. We've been, we'll spend hours um, on this game. And what I wanted to, and so there was this recent uh, quest that we completed. And one of the trophies that we got was where we, our characters were able to develop and we received this skill or we were trained in this skill or this spell. And the spell is called Spirit Vision. Now, there's a bit of method to my madness, and this is what I wanted to say. Basically, what Spirit Vision um, does, it allows the character to see the spiritual realm. So it enables you, your character, to see the world through the eyes of the God or the divinity, um, the divine power that's there. So the benefits of that game is that if you're walking around and then all of a sudden you cast spirit vision, you don't, you now see the spiritual realm and then you can talk to ghosts, you can talk to all that kind of stuff in the game. But I wanted to take that concept, right? Because the topic of today's message is Holy Spirit vision, right? And so for true, for me personally, to understand true repentance to take place, we need Holy Spirit vision. It's basically not just the idea of, you know, deciding to change your mind. It's not the idea of just admitting fault and then, you know, admitting, admitting truth or see admitting fault and then like speaking truth. It's not just about that. We're going to have to be willing for us to experience and celebrate true repentance. What we do is we cast Holy Spirit vision on ourselves. Correction. We allow God to cast Holy Spirit vision on us. We need to allow ourselves to see the world, ourselves and others through the lens of God, aka through the lens of love, compassion, mercy, forgiveness and grace. Do you see yourself through that lens? Because we know that God is love. And if the Holy Spirit allows us to see ourselves the way that God sees us through the lens of love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, and grace. Are we willing to do that? Do we allow ourselves in the midst of our mistakes, in the midst of our sins, when we look at ourselves, do we see ourselves as the sins and the mistakes that we commit? Or do we see ourselves through the lens of God? Do we see ourselves through the lens of compassion, love, mercy, and grace? Let's go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this is what it says. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. What that means is the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave, who loved me and gave his, himself for me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ lives in me, allowing me to look at the world, myself, Christ, through his eyes. Do I see myself through the, through the eyes and through the lens of God? Do I allow myself the... the Holy Spirit vision. So, if we were to cast Holy Spirit vision on ourselves, how do we see how do we see ourselves and how does God see us? Well, let's look at the scriptures and celebrate the way that God sees us. He does not see us as the sins that we've committed. He does not see us as the mistakes that we've made. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22, it says, "But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body, through death to present you as holy in his sight. 
without blemish and free from accusation. God sees you as holy and without blemish. Does he see you as the sin that you've committed? Does he see you as the mistakes that you've made? No. He sees you because of what Christ has done and the sacrifice that he's made. And because that Christ lives in us now through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are seen as holy, as blameless. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Holy Spirit vision, when we look at ourselves through the lens of God, we see ourselves as holy and blameless in His sight. Once again, not because of what we've done, you know, because the, whole, the, the prodigal son is willing to work back, right? But he, he doesn't even get to say that to his father. His father, with the divine interruption, stops him. But he says, no, 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 quick, put the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring of, of, the ring of adoption back on his finger. And put the sandals on his feet and let's celebrate. Why? Because this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. He doesn't see us as the mistakes that we committed. He doesn't see us as the servant or the slave in the pig pen. He sees us as sons and daughters. And he sees us as holy and blameless in his sight. Why? In love. In the love that he has for us. Allow ourselves to cast spirit vision on ourselves so God, so we can see ourselves through the eyes of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, how, 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 can, how is this possible? Why? In um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin for us so that, sorry, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. He sees us holy, blameless, righteous. That's how God sees us. God does not see us for the mistakes that we've committed. God does not see us for the sins that we've done. God does not see us as the slaves or the servants in the pig pen. God does not see us as slaves that are willing to work back for his grace or to. God does not even see us, you know, in comparison for how graceful he is as the, because of how wretched we are. God does not see us at, as that at all. God does not see you as your sin. God sees you as righteous in Christ. He sees you as the righteousness of Christ in you. So, is repentance found in verse 17? I would say no, because it's unfinished. I would say repentance is not found in verse 17, because at the end of the day, that wasn't repentance. He's like, I'll go back to my father and say, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That's not repentance. Sure, it's changing your, it's wanting to change your mind. It's admitting fault and speaking truth. But I would say that's not repentance. That's negotiation. Let's be honest. He was willing to go back because the situation that he was in, it would be better at home if he was a slave. That's not repentance. He doesn't see himself as son. He doesn't see himself as healed. He, doesn't see, he sees himself as the sin that he committed. And so that's not repentance, it's negotiation. He did not see himself the way his father saw him. He saw himself as what the world turned him into, a slave, a servant. He was willing to approach the father the way the world saw him, not the way the father saw him. I'm going to say that again. He was willing to approach the, the, his father the way the world saw him, not the way the father saw him. How do you see yourself? Do you, do you see yourself as the way that you see you, yourself? Do you see the, yourself as the way the world has now seen you? 
Maybe you see yourself as a failure because that's all you hear in the world. Maybe you see yourself as unworthy or not enough because that's the way the world sees you. And so you've decided that's how you're going to call yourself and see yourself. But that's not the way the Father sees you. How did the Father saw him? How did the Father see him? Where did repentance actually take place? When did he actually admit or accept the way the Father saw him? I'm going to tell you. And, I'll, and, if you, and you're thinking, well, maybe it's in 17. It's not. I would, I, would, I would encourage you to explore the idea that potentially that it is in verse 24. And if you don't know, it says this. I'm going to, go, I'm going to read it again. In verse 24, and it says, I'm going to say from verse 22 to, to verse 24, it says, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and he was lost again. Uh, but he, Sorry, he, and he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. So they began to celebrate. The reason why I believe, <clears throat> the reason why I believe that repentance took place in verse 24 is because it said they began to celebrate. And what I mean by they, it's not just the father and the community members that were present. It was the son as well. The son actually admitted and accepted and changed his ways. Why? Because he finally acknowledged that he was dead and now he was alive again. He was lost, but now he was found. He was found by his heavenly father. What I love is the father never called his son anything else but son. If you go through the entire story, even when he talks to the older brother later on, it's always your brother, my son. It's never that servant or that slave. He never once referred to himself, referred to his son as slave. He always said, son, do we see ourselves the way the heavenly father sees us? Or do we see ourselves as the mistakes that we've made? Repentance should not be a guilt trip. We should not, be, we should not experience repentance as a thing of shame and guilt and unworthiness and, and seeing ourselves as wretched in comparison to the grace that God is willing to show. No, repentance should be a celebration. I live in freedom because I repented not, about, not through guilt and unworthiness, but because I finally stopped believing the lies that I've only seen through God's... I stopped believing the lies that I was a servant. I stopped believing the lies that the world and myself only saw me as a servant or as a slave or the sins and the mistakes that I committed. I was able to finally celebrate repentance when I saw myself the way that my Heavenly Father saw me, as holy, righteous, and blameless as His child. And so I'm asking you, and but because I'm celebrating that God is seeing righteous, the righteousness of Christ in me, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what Christ has already done for me and for you. How do you see yourself? Are you allowing God to cast Holy Spirit vision on you for repentance so you not only see yourself the way the Heavenly Father sees you, but you see yourself as loved. You no longer see yourself as the sin that you committed. You no longer see yourself as the mistakes that you've made. You no longer see the, yourself as the way that the world has seen you. And so you label yourself the same way. No, allow yourself, give yourself the freedom to see yourself the way that God sees you. Give yourself the way, give yourself the freedom to see yourself the way the Heavenly Father sees you as loved, as cherished, as forgiven, as holy, as righteous, as blameless. Because that's where true repentance is. When you finally decide to see yourself the way that God sees you. My brothers and sisters, 
Are you celebrating repentance? Have you allowed God to cast spirit vision on yourself? Do you see yourself the way that God sees you? Celebrate your homecoming, my brothers and sisters. Celebrate the fact that it's not what you do, but everything that God has done for you. He has robed you. He's given you the ring. He's put the sandals on your feet. He's given you the fatted calf to celebrate your homecoming. See yourself the way that the Heavenly Father sees you. Welcome home. Celebrate being home. I pray that this has been a message of encouragement to you. I pray that you are allowing yourself to see yourself as loved by the Heavenly Father, not because of what you do, but because of what Christ has done for you. Live in freedom, cast Holy Spirit vision on yourself and allow God to break that heart so you can celebrate how you can celebrate how he sees you. I pray that you receive this message with an open heart and open mind so he can transform you, so you can celebrate your homecoming. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that I can share this message with my God Squad Church family. Thank you for reminding me and reminding us that repentance is not a thing done out of guilt, but an experience that we do out of celebration. Why? Because we can see ourselves the way that you see us. That you, we can, you, so you can transform our minds and our hearts and we no longer see ourselves as the mistakes that we've committed or the sins that we've done, but the, through, that we can see ourselves through the lens of your eyes, through love, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, understanding and grace. So Lord, I pray that you transform us. For those of you, us who may be struggling with the concept, who may be saturated like I was in guilt and unworthiness, Lord, I pray that you break our hearts, creating us new hearts that will beat according to your will so we can see um, we can see you, we can experience you, and also look at, um, at us through your eyes. So we will celebrate that we're forgiven, that we're loved, and that we're children of God. May we all celebrate our homecoming. I ask this all in your loving name. Amen. Thank you so much, God Squad Church. Enjoy the rest of um, the streamathon. I love you so much and hope to see you soon. Peace out. God bless. What an absolutely amazing, amazing message. Um, thank you, Bizouj, for uh, preaching that. I can't tell you how many times, almost on the weekly basis, people that are struggling with this exact issue, they're struggling with how they're see how how God is seeing them and they feel like they can't live up to a specific standard and so that means that they can't serve God or they can't accept Jesus Christ into their lives but man like like he really he really nailed it on the head when he was talking about really seeing yourself through the perspective or through the the the, the vision of the Holy Spirit through God's perspective what does God see you as? Not what does the world see you as? Not what do you see yourself as? Because I know for myself, I can't tell you guys how many times for me, myself, you know, I do something dumb. I say something stupid to my wife or something like that, right? And then I think of myself as I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad son. I'm a, I'm a bad Christian. What does that, you know, what does that even mean? Right? Cause I've heard those terms before we, and, and you guys have probably said that about yourself possibly at some point in time that you are bad in some way, shape or form, because that's what the enemy wants to feed you. He wants to feed you those lies. And that's not what it's about. When you accept Jesus Christ, there is freedom that comes from that. There is freedom that comes from reaching out and grabbing the hand of Jesus 
so that we can be saved. And then God sees us, like he said before, through love, compassion, mercy, grace. And it's just, it, it, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And so it's, this message was a great reminder. And you probably heard the story of the prodigal son, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard that term before. I'm the prodigal son, I'm the prodigal daughter, right? People use those terms all the time. But even though we've heard this story, maybe if you grew up in church a million times over, I know that I have, I've even preached on it more than once. Like, honestly, coming at it from that viewpoint was really, really, really amazing. So thank you, Bizouche, for presenting that to us uh, in the way that you did. I know that God was speaking through you. Um, so I hope that spoke to you guys as well. And maybe there's some of you out there right now that you feel like maybe that's the reason why you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You, you've you've never accepted him because you're like, I, I just can't live up to that standard that other Christians do. You know, those pastors, they got all, we don't have it all together, okay? Nobody has it all together. But a lot of times I talk to people and they say, I just can't live up to the standard that other people they that that I need I need to do these good things. I need to do these good works. I can't do these. Listen, that's not what it's about. It's about the freedom that Jesus, those things will come. Those things will come for sure. As you're continually being transformed by Jesus Christ, those things come in time, right? You do start to live a little bit of a better life. You do start to live up to a little bit of a different standard, but it's because God is transforming. It's not because of anything that you have done. And so instead of saying, well, until I get to this standard, until I get to this place, then I'll accept Jesus. Instead of thinking that way, thinking of it like, I'm going to accept Jesus now so that I can get to that standard one day so that I start climbing those blocks because you'll never be able to get there by yourself. You'll never be able to get there by yourself. It's only through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, through his power, through the power of his blood that he shed for us on the cross that we could be seen as something completely different than what we see ourselves as. And so once again, thank you, Bizouche, for, for presenting that. And hey, maybe you decided today, maybe today was the day where you said, you know what? I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Listen, you don't need to say anything specific right now. You don't need to go through a specific prayer. We sometimes do that. We use we do that a lot of times to help you be able to get into this place, uh, and, and we lead you into that. But the, the fact of the matter is, is you can accept Jesus Christ at any point in your life. And maybe you're thinking right now, and you've had that tug on your heart for, throughout the entire message, like, hey, you know what? I've, I've been falling away for a long time. Some people that maybe accepted Jesus Christ in the past, but they really haven't been living the life that they know they're supposed to be living, that righteous and holy life that he was talking about, right? And so you've been kind of going getting off the path and you want to rededicate your life. Hey, I encourage you to do that right now. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life either. I encourage you to do that right now. Now is the time. It is something to celebrate when you repent of your sins, reach out to Jesus and say, listen, I need you in my life because I can't do that on my own. And if you did make that decision today, or if you made the decision to uh, rededicate your lives, hey, we want to celebrate with you. And we don't want to like, we don't want to put the spotlight on you or anything like that. But we would love to hear from you in the chat or even in the in the comments, uh, you know, it, that you have made that decision. Um, also, if you guys would like to do me a favor, uh, this is something that uh, I really think helps a lot of people. If you did make that decision today, whether it's your first time or rededicate your life, we would love for you, uh, if somebody can type exclamation point connect in the chat, what I would ask you to do is click on that link and fill out that form. Listen, it's something 
and, and check off the box. I rededicated dedicated my life or, hey, I, I made that first time decision because we want to be able to help you on this journey. It's not just this one time thing and then that's it. And there's nothing left. No, 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 no. It's a journey that you are starting and we would love to be able to walk with you on that journey and help you as you continue moving on. There's going to be questions that you're going to have. There's going to be some things that you're going to be thinking about and you're not going to know how to answer some of those questions. Where do I start reading the Bible? How do I pray? What is baptism? Uh, what is what does partnership at, at God Squad Church look like? What, what does all of this mean? We would love to be able to walk on that journey with you. So please do not hesitate to fill out that form. If you made that decision today, we would love to be able to walk on that journey with you and to be able to talk to you guys about it as well. And also to be able to celebrate with those people that accepted Jesus Christ today. So once again, congratulations. And uh, it, it is the biggest and greatest decision that you can ever make in your entire life. So congratulations once again. But right now, guys, we're going to go into a time of offering and giving. And hey, if this is your first time at God Squad Church, we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. I hope that the message blessed you. I hope that that the streamathon as a whole has been blessing you and that the worship blessed you. We want everything for you, nothing from you. But if you do call God Squad Church your home church, we truly do believe here what the Word of God says. And it talks about it talks about giving and it talks about sacrificial giving. Something that I know that uh, that I do with my wife is we ask God how much it is that God wants us to give for you know for whatever period or season uh, of our life it is. And most of the time, if not all of the time, it requires some sacrifice. It doesn't look like, hey, it, this doesn't make sense with all the bills we have. This doesn't make sense with our budget. But sometimes that's what God is asking from us. And I truly believe that is a form of faith, right? When we're giving over above and beyond what we think we can give, that's a form of faith. Believing in the word of God that God is going to continue to provide for us. And I can tell you this right now, God has continually provided for us. Every single time he has always come through, he has always provided, even in the times that we didn't think that it was going to be possible. Even in the times that we thought we were just going to go negative our account, God always comes through in some way, shape, or form. And so we truly believe in that. We truly believe that it's a form of worship and a form of faith as well. But we want to thank each and every one of you for those of you that have been faithful give, giving. Uh, we want to thank you for your faithfulness and generosity. And I do want to let you know there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. You can go into the panels below by clicking on the Give link, the Give panel. That will allow you to be able to use... Uh, be able to use PayPal. You can also go to our website at godsquadchurch.com slash give. If you go there, you can do uh, recurring monthly or weekly giving, or maybe you just want to do a one-time donation. God's put that on your heart today. You can also do that there as well. And then finally, if you're a U.S. resident, you can use text to give by texting any amount to the number 84321. Once you type in the number and if it's your first time, it's going to make you go through a, a very short process that you need to go through. And then after that, all you got to do is type the number and then send it to 84321. But no matter how you are giving to God Squad Church, we thank you once again for your faithfulness and your generosity.